Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One of the best things about the rise of AEW is the returning joy of a wrestler moving to a new promotion. If you experienced wrestling in the late 90s as WWF and WCW went at it, you never knew who was just going to pop up on Raw or Nitro and it was a hoot. Lex Luger, Rick Rude, Chris Jericho, X-Pac, I could do this all day. Whereas money and new opportunities were a big reason for such moves, there are further stories behind such leaps, which means I'm signed for what culture? Hit that subscribe button for instant happiness and this is 10 precise moments wrestlers wanted to jump ship. Number 10, John Moxley. Nobody should pretend that John Moxley or Dean Ambrose wasn't used in WWE. He was a world champion, a pivotal member of The Shield, featured on most shows. The problem came in the fact he was misused, and when the decision was made to turn him heel in 2018, that train came hurtling off the track. It was fine for a while as he feuded with old stablemate Seth Rollins, but when it was time to focus on Roman Reigns, he was wearing gas masks, telling us he was a germaphobe, and that the fans stunk. That was one of his motives for now being an asshole. Some of the things he was scripted to say were also borderline embarrassing, and all of it left Moxie feeling depressed, angry, and that he should probably leave the company. It got to the point where he didn't feel connected to the product at all anymore, likely when he had to cut a promo, while somebody jabbed a knee in his behind as he inoculated himself because again the audience were grubby idiots you compare this to what he has been doing since 2019 yeah i see why he needed to get out number nine fdr i mean if we wanted to this entry could be one sentence wwe has never been that high on their tag team division whereas ftr absolutely obsessed with it the end much like moxie they were featured heavily but as vince mcmahon has always seen his promotion as one built by single stars anyone in a duo was always going to get the other end of the stick. So even though the then revival won Raw, SmackDown and NXT Gold, as well as had proper bangers constantly, it made no difference. They still went into their feud with the Usos, and the major takeaway was ass cream. As the story goes too, after yet another letdown from management about turning the tag team scene into something that could main event the pay-per-view, Cash and Dax marched backstage after a match with the Lucha Brothers and said they wanted to go. WWE turned this down at the time with yet more empty promises you know how this ends. It became clear years of not really caring about tag teams was never going to change, and as soon as they were able to leave, they were done. Number 8, Cody Rhodes. This remains one of the best stories ever because it should serve as an inspiration for everyone. Cody Rhodes was booked to Stardust during the last few years of his WWE days, mostly because his brother was Goldust, so why the hell not? And as silly as this was, I stand by the fact Cody made it entertaining as he pranced around the place like a nut job 
he wanted more, as you would. The rumors were he was happy to continue this on one WWE show as long as on the other he could just be himself, but surprise, surprise, that never happened. He wanted to show that he could be a serious, damn good professional wrestler, and after releasing that list in 2016, I'm not sure anybody could argue he hasn't been a ridiculous success. It's kind of bonkers WWE didn't see this either. He had turned lemons into lemonade, no matter what. Number 7, Chris Jericho. A man we mentioned in the intro to this very video, it is time to go back to the 90s and World Championship Wrestling. Everybody watching Ted Turner's promotion during this period knew that Chris Jericho had what it took to smash it because he was consistently one of the most entertaining performers on the show. Problem was, there was a serious glass ceiling in WCW that no one ever broke through, and as the NWO feud continued and the old guard stayed on top, Jericho was well aware that the position he was currently in was the position he was always going to be in. And that's not to say the company didn't value him as a talent, they just weren't gonna rock the boat. What really tipped this over the edge is when Chris manufactured a feud with Goldberg. He would pretend to get wins over Bill by demanding matches and then winning via stupid means like a countout. Goldberg had no interest in following this through, even though Jericho's plan was for him to be annihilated in a pay-per-view. And when WCW agreed with Goldberg, that was that. If the future Y2J was gonna reach the apex of wrestling, he would have to leave. And in 1999, he did just that. I have a feeling that it may have been the right choice. Number six, Chris Jericho. Again. Even years later, Chris Jericho still knew his worth. And remember that, kids. It's important. By 2017, the man was a bona fide star, smashing it within wrestling and finding success outside of it. He could have easily come and gone from WWE for the rest of his career and always been at a certain level, but that wasn't enough. As Jericho himself told Inside the Rope, what really set him loopy was what happened at WrestleMania 33. At some point in time, Time, the plan was to crown Chris as the Universal Champion by defeating Kevin Owens at the show of shows, and there was even some chatter this would happen in the main event. While that was always likely to change just because of the usual mania madness, when the title was removed entirely and they got stuck in the always difficult second match spot, Jericho saw the writing on the wall. Despite his CV and constant connection with the fans, this was where WWE had him pegged and always would do. That wasn't going to do it for him, so he headed to Japan, changed the game with a match against Kenny Omega, and you know what happened next. Number 5, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Do you want the easy answer to this? Because it's simple, money. They wanted more money and more power to them. It really is just that too. WCW had designed a storyline where they would make it seem like the WWF was invading, and to do that, they needed WWF guys. This meant Eric Bischoff offered Scott Hall and Kevin Nash far more cash with fewer dates on their deals to jump, and as both have said time and time again, that's all they needed, this was business. Their contracts were also drowning in perks, the most eyebrow-raising one being the favored nation clause, or if anybody else was hired on more money, their pay would increase to match. According to Hall as well, he was offered this first, agreed, and then showed Kevin his guaranteed figure so that when Nash negotiated, he could get a higher rate, meaning Scott's finances instantly increased. And I'll just leave you with that and remind you in 2001, WCW closed its doors forever. Number four, Adam Cole. Adam Cole is a star. He was a huge reason people wanted to watch NXT and he should have been given a shot on Raw or SmackDown. It is baffling that WWE didn't even give it a go. And I don't care that he's small or whatever we're saying, size does not matter. If we go off reports, apparently he was offered a bumper deal to go to the main roster as his contract was coming to an end, but the ideas were nuts. The most controversial of these was that Cole would cut his hair and become Keith Lee's manager. And if that is true, someone may as well sign me up for a shampoo commercial. And yes, I'm bald. The 
point is it doesn't make sense. There was also the issue of WWE employees not being able to branch out with the likes of Twitch, which Chugs was super into, and just look what happened when he shifted across to AEW. On day one, he was a main event player, because of course he was. Number three, Brian Danielson. A much more interesting tale because Brian Danielson didn't really feel like he needed to leave WWE. In his own words, he loved the company, loved Vince McMahon, and would have been very happy signing a new deal and carried on as he had been carrying on. There was just something telling him that maybe, just maybe, he should branch out. This started at WrestleMania 37 when he was in the main event and felt nothing, which is a quote. At first, he assumed this is how you felt before you died, which is kind of terrifying. And when he sat there as a free agent and pondered both sides, he realized he owed it to wrestling to give the new guy a chance. After all, having two competing brands is good for the business as a whole, and he wanted to give something back. So as ever, Brian was completely selfless with this and did what he thought would help overall, and he's probably having the run of his career right now. I mean, seriously, what a damn hero. Number two, Mark Henry. Mark Henry had retired from in-ring competition and signed a WWE Legends deal in 2018. His run had come to an end, but he still felt like he could contribute in some sense, either as an ambassador or an agent. As long as he was involved, everything would be fine. So you know what's coming. As he said on Busted Open Radio, Henry was barely being called and felt like he was withering away in the shadows, even though he was actively asking for more. Vince McMahon clearly thought otherwise, so with a brand new company known as AEW waiting across the pond, Mark thought he may be able to scratch that itch over there. The real kicker to all of this, however, came on Raw, where the world's strongest man's plans called for him to be absolutely savaged by Randy Orton and to look like a super geek. I mean, WWE may as well have had a sign on Henry's face that read, this guy is old and weak and shockingly Henry didn't feel like participating in such skits anymore and yeah I get it this did feel really disrespectful. Number one, Brody Lee. Luke Harper was seriously underused. WWE never seemed to understand what they had with the man, especially because he was a big dude that could fly around the ring with ease. No one his size should have been able to move the way that he did, and surprise, surprise, every time he was allowed to show this, like when he was in the Intercontinental title scene, fans went wild for the guy. He was great, simple as. Despite proving this evidence time and time again, Vince McMahon just didn't see it, right down to saying what he really should be doing is speaking with a southern accent. Harper couldn't do a southern accent, mostly as he was from New York. You can imagine how this went. Before long, he wasn't even being used on TV, so requested his release in 2019, and as was the way at the time, it got denied. He still turned up to WrestleMania weekend and had a great match with Dominic Dijakovic, but once again, the boss man didn't get it, and we were just stuck in Groundhog Day. It was ridiculous. Eventually, he was able to get out of his contract when he jumped to AEW and became Brody Lee, and I think the results speak for themselves. His role as the leader of the Dark Order was a hoot, and some of the matches he had over the TNT Championship were utterly fantastic. We all know how horribly this ended and it'll never seem right, but let's not ever forget that Brody Lee was one hell of a performer and an absolute legend. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.